Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, so we have been talking about social justice, the social justice movement in particular, um, these last few days. And yesterday we began talking about how to wrap your mind around a movement or wrap your mind around a philosophy. And there's an easy way to do it. Every worldview has to answer you know, three basic categories of questions. They have to answer the question of creation. Where did we come from? What is the purpose of life? They have to answer the question of the fall. What's gone wrong with the world? What's wrong with me? And then they have to answer the, the question of redemption. Um, how is the world made right again? And of course, that's the whole storyline of the Bible. But every worldview has to answer those questions. So yesterday, we talked about the social justice movement. The creation account of the social justice movement is, is pretty diverse because you have Christians and atheists who are involved in it. But essentially, it's a non-objective starting point. Because if you're an atheist, then you, you hold to materialism or Darwinism. And if you're a Christian, then you're already reading the creation account wrongly. And you're arbitrarily inserting things in there that, that are not in the Bible. The account of the fall um, in the social justice movement is that there is inequity. And the reason why there's evil and suffering in the world is because there's a class of oppressors that are oppressing the, those who are oppressed. So now we're to the question of redemption. In the social justice movement, how are things made right? How are we redeemed according to the social justice movement? Well, if you, if you see all of the, if, if, human, if sin is redefined, rather than something that resides in every human heart and has led every, every single human heart to rebellion against God. If sin is redefined then as unjust social structures where there are oppressors and then there are the oppressed, it, it follows as night the day that redemption then is for the oppressor to be overthrown and or disempowered, and those who are oppressed to rise up and claim what is rightfully theirs, and and then equal equal distribution of rights and and equal distribution of goods and benefits, uh, so that there is this absolute uh, perfect equality of outcomes becomes so, redemption. So I would say just very taking what Phil just said and saying it as, as short as I could, it's cultural restoration and transformation. Mm -hmm. And that's redemption. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that is not completely incom incompatible with Christianity, but it's not the whole of what Christianity is. So there is what's called a cultural mandate. So we have a command by God to, to, to protect and to keep and to work um, 
we are to be about justice and righteousness and um, restoration of brokenness and all of those things are true. Mm-hmm. But that's an outflowing of the redemption that we have in and through the the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's the heart of the gospel. What did Jesus Christ do to bring restoration to alienated sinners, those that God was justly angry with and whose wrath remained upon? Mm -hmm. And God came into that brokenness through his son to pay a price for the sins of his people and to provide a righteousness that they didn't possess in themselves. And they, they couldn't. They couldn't somehow work their way out of, of the mess that we've gotten ourselves into. Mm-hmm. But out of that redemption does come this call to love God and to love our neighbor. And so there are implications too. Now let's, now let's address some of the, the, the cultural and societal issues that we, we see all around us as a result of sin. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't start there. Yeah. Well, you're you're a historian, Russ, and uh, so fill in the you can fill in the details for me much much better than I can. But we can give concrete historical examples of this. Mm-hmm. How great movements of of the Holy Spirit, movements of conversion, led to conversion and and renewal and justice, greater justice, not perfect justice, but greater justice in a society. And I'm thinking of the Great Awakening. Early uh, early 18th century uh, in this continent, and all, well, also uh, started in England, and the abolitionist. It, it, anyway, the, the, those awakening movements, starting with the Wesleys and uh, the West, Wesleyan uh, movement in England, then jumping, it jumped the Atlantic Ocean and landed in North America with Whitfield and uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards, Edwards and uh, this this wildfire of revival where people were converted in mass numbers and there was confession of sin and personal conversion people were transformed in huge numbers and that led directly to the abolitionist movement uh, first in England and then uh, late late 1700s and early early 19th century first the abolition of slavery in the northern states uh, was hugely influenced by Christianity. It was the preaching of Christian pulpits, and then through the horrible suffering and bloodshed of the Civil War after the Second Great Awakening, uh, the abolition of slavery. All of that can be traced directly to the revivals of the First and Second Great Awakenings. Mm-hmm. You just go back to the very beginning of, of the of the Church, and and one of the the things that was noted by the Romans was how the Christians cared for one another. Yeah. That's the mark of the church, that they, the Romans couldn't understand how much they loved one another. Um, fast forward to the Reformation. The Reformation was transformational with regard to the theological beliefs that it had. But beyond that, um, if you just study the history of what came out of the Reformation with regard to how it absolutely transformed society, yeah. Um, view of women, what it did as far as view of children, what it did for um, education, what it did for all of these different, what it did with poverty. Um, All of these things are directly tied to the reformation of the people of God Mm -hmm. had an outgrowth into how it played out in society. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
people know Wil- William Wilberforce, but it, his campaign to to abolish the slave trade and eventually abolish slavery um, was because of his re- religious convictions. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So redemption has to start in the human individual heart. Yeah. And then it flows out to. Yeah. Now, what do we do? What what implication does this have for the evils that we see in society? That's right. Let me back up real quick. So we've gone creation, fall, redemption through the social justice movement. Let me quickly give a creation, fall, redemption through the biblical worldview. Yeah. Creation. How do we get here? God, out of His loving kindness, created us. For what purpose? To bring Him glory in the world. What went wrong with the world? Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve sought their own glory. They said, you know what? We would rather choose ourselves and our selfish ends over your glory, God. Mm-hmm. How does God make the world right? By sending Jesus Christ, his son, into the world to take the punishment that we deserve by seeking our own glory. And all of God's wrath was poured out upon him. God looks at sinners who place their faith and, and trust in Jesus Christ, and he transfers all of his wrath from them to Jesus, and they, he transfers all of Jesus' righteousness to us. Jesus was dead, buried, raised again the third day, and that's how God makes the world right. I think one of the main issues with the social justice movement is that the, very, the, the essence of sin and the essence of redemption it has become completely man-centered. What's wrong with the world? Well, human oppression actually what's wrong with the world is that we have ignored god mm-hmm. we we haven't valued god we haven't treasured god god is not the center of our life there, there's a very subtle man-centeredness that we can adopt um by the way that we think about theology the main thing that's wrong with the world is that god is universally ignored that's the main thing that's wrong with the world richard nyberg i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but he wrote a book um back in the 1930s called the, the kingdom of god in america um, it became a, a big work with regard oh, to uh, Niebuhr. Niebuhr, Richard Niebuhr. Yep, yeah. And he said, "A God without ra- uh, the the liberal social gospel, their message is this: a God without wrath brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross." Mm. And what was true in the 1930s, I believe, is still true. It's still true. With the social gospel movement of today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a God without wrath and men without sin, and it, it's, it's not the gospel. Right. Well, and because it's not the gospel, it won't really transform. Mm-hmm. It won't transform individuals and won't transform society. Um, and history has demonstrated that Marxist, the Marxist worldview simply leads to a switch in oppressors. Um, you've got, I mean, look at the history of, of Russia and the Soviet Union, look at the history of communist China. It's been repeated in other places around the world. They didn't end oppression. They just switched, they just swapped out oppressors. Mm-hmm. Well, just take this for an example. We didn't talk about the term tolerance, but if you take tolerance today, um, we are being told all the time by those that have adopted this liberal orthodoxy to be tolerant. But they're not willing to be tolerant of those that have a, a conservative orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. So those that perceive themselves to be the oppressed have become the oppressor. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find in, in society at large is there is no tolerance. 
for those that would would speak against the liberal theology of today. Yeah. Um, and it is just a classic. It's it's comical yeah. that those that are are working that out don't see that they are exactly what they're speaking against. Yeah. You know, this this has come into the church. That's one of the reasons why we're talking about it. My wife went to the Gospel Coalition Conference last year, major evangelical conference. Now, my wife is Hispanic, um, so this didn't affect her, but it did affect her white sisters who were with her. They had a special session for women of color at the conference for which white people could not come. Now, that's exactly what you just said, Phil, about the idea of the oppressing class just just it's just changing now that that's that's actually racist and the reason why and and that's so divisive to the body of christ isn't the let's talk a little bit real quick we have a minute and a half left we're we're having a conference coming up and the very first session is union in christ what does union in christ do for christians who are of different race galatians 3 says for in christ jesus you are all sons of god through faith for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is no no male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. God created things differently, but those are to be gloried in, not seen as barriers, and they're not to be set up as false categories by which divisions are, occur like no white people are allowed to attend this session or no black people are allowed to attend this or no women are that no 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 stop seeing in categories Mm -hmm. other than the beauty that those those differences create in the body of christ yeah amen Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that you register for our upcoming conference. Just go to ReformationBoise.com. All the details are there. It is November 8th and 9th. It's going to be a fabulous conference. The theme is In Christ Alone. So go to ReformationBoise.com. We'll see you next time.